a maker. I've always wanted to, I've always been obsessed with doing things with my hands. I've always appreciated things that were handmade. Um, and f yeah, so immediately after school, I was doing like art installation. That was kind of before I got into tattooing. That was tattooer Stephanie Smith. I'm Jeff, and this is Storied San Francisco. Every week on this podcast, you'll hear from artists, journalists, bartenders, and other San Franciscans telling stories, sharing personal histories, and trying to put into words what makes this city so special. Welcome to episode 23, part one. Stephanie grew up in New England, but never really felt like she fit in there. When it came time to choose a college, she gravitated towards San Francisco, despite never having visited here. In this podcast, Stephanie talks about changing her major to fine arts, graduating from college, and working in several tattoo shops around town before eventually securing a spot at Manus Lux, where she works today. Here's Stephanie. Well, I grew up in a small town outside of Boston, and I grew up pretty fortunate. I had a family with two dogs, and my parents split up when I was about 13, um, and then everything got better. It just got better because there was no fighting anymore. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I always knew I wanted to move from Boston. I didn't want to stay there forever. Uh, just kind of never really generally felt like I belonged there. Um, always kind of was different, a little bit more concerned with people rather than things, which it, it seemed like everybody was really concerned with things and money on the East Coast, um, where I valued like experiences and pe things with people, um, which I just like didn't really feel there. And kind of my goal was to get as far away from Boston as possible when I was a kid. I was 18 and I was like ready to go. Wow. How did, you, did you travel much as, um, a, as a young person? I was Yeah. So I grew up really fortunate and I was lucky to um, travel with my dad and he took us all over the place when we were kids. Um, we, we went to like Ireland or we went to London, all over in Europe. I've been to Italy, um, but I definitely traveled a lot. So I saw a lot of the world before I was even 18 and I knew that there was so much more out there that I wanted to experience. Um, had you come to California at all? I had been to San Diego. I actually didn't even know that, like, where San Francisco was on right. the map. Because um, when you think, when you're growing up in Boston and you're a little kid, you hear about California and you just think Hollywood. And nobody really talks about San Francisco and Boston um, unless you're looking for that information. And I was just a little kid that had no idea that San Francisco was, like, this really cool city, this art mecca. Um, that was such a liberal place and mm -hmm. I was like wow this is such a cool place that I would love to live once I found out about it um but I was actually planning on going and living in Hawaii after college I had some friends that lived there and my mom basically was like if I can't get to you in under 10 hours it's not happening <laughs> and I was like okay. it's all about you mom yeah I was like okay mom sure and in retrospect it was for the best because I probably would have just ended up surfing every day and not yeah, that, sounds, hor this. that yeah. sounds horrible. That sounds <laughs> horrible. Yeah, terrible life. <laughs> yeah. Um, Wait, so did you go to, you said you went to college? I went to college. Out, uh, out so east. I applied to a bunch of schools on the Common App, and I was really like, I didn't want to go to school. Uh, my parents really wanted me to go to school, and I th was thinking about it, and I was like, you know what? If I have a parent that's willing to pay for my education, I would be an asshole not to go to school, um, especially because there's so many people that don't get that opportunity, and 
So then I started embracing it and I was like, woo, I, this means traveling. Like I get to leave. So I was like, I'm going to get as far away as possible. And I got into the University of Hawaii at Manoa. And um, so I was like, I'm going. It's happening. And my mom was like, hell no, we're not paying for you to go to school there. And that was a whole thing. And she actually was the one who put University of San Francisco on my common application. I did not even know that I applied to that school. Okay. Um, and I remember she was like, oh, there's a couple, there's like a couple additional questions on the common app. And it was like, for USF, it was like, uh, explain your beliefs on religion. And it gives you like a 500 word limit to answer that question. It's a Jesuit school. It's right? a Jesuit school. Yeah. So technically. So it's, it's a religious school, I guess. Technically. Technically, but it's very liberal. Right. Um, and so I was a little asshole. And so I just wrote, I'm an atheist. And that's all I put in through. <laughs> that's like, what got you in. That's what probably totally. got me in. Um, because my grades were okay, but I know I was pretty, I was a lot funnier uh, than I was smart. So, um, and then I remember my, my college essay was all about how I failed math and that apparently got me in too, but so yeah. When you were filling out that part, you said it was for USF. Yeah, it was for did USF. You, did you know that? I did not know that. You didn't even say, my mom see that was word. just like, yeah, my mom was just like, there's a couple things that you have to fill out. And I was just like a stoner high school kid that was like, whatever, mom, I'm doing this for you mm. and filling them out. Um, Do you know if there was a reason she added USF? She was like, she, you, she would love this place. And my mom knew before I knew that I would love this place. Um, and she knew that it was far away from enough from Boston that I would feel like I'm getting the distance that I needed. But like a six, five and a half, six Yeah, hours. but only like, ha- like way closer than Hawaii so she was happy and she I ended up being that really leash happy. on you yeah she was <laughs> like you're not getting off of this off of the, the United continent. States continent yes. so that was a thing but it was it was for the best she really I guess pushed me in the right direction so um I'm very grateful for that pardon my naivete the common app um yeah do, do you uh like did you were you accepted by more than one is that, yeah, I don't really so know how it works. So basically common app is like it's it's like a general application that you can send to colleges that accept that form of appli- application. It. Um so I forget what other schools that I even applied to with it, but I knew I did get into a few schools. So I had options on where I could go and my mom really wanted me to go to the University of Miami and I was like, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah. Florida is not for me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> She lives in Key West half of the year, so she was like, oh, I'll just drive and be a part of your life every weekend. And I love my mom, but um, I hate Florida, so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you were, I'm guessing you were like 18 I was 18. Yeah. Um, so I was kind of like, at that point, I was kind of discovering and figuring out what I wanted to do. And I knew I didn't want to go to college, but I was going to college. Uh, and I actually applied to schools as a creative writing major. Um, and I changed my major like the first month of school without telling my parents um and my dad was like really fine arts what are you gonna do with that and I was like art and they just were so I think scared for me immediately of course um which is understandable it's sure it's definitely uh not a luxurious road to go down and it's but like not lucrative yeah not lucrative and uh, not always not always if you're I don't want to say if you're doing it right, but if you if you end up in the 
right situations and work really hard, I think it can be. Um, yeah, why didn't you just get an MBA and then start a company that goes public and then yeah. is bankrupt in two months? They're like, why don't you do Come graphic on. design? Like, why didn't you focus on graphic design? And I'm like, eh, like, that's all cool. But, like, I'm a maker. I've always wanted to, I've always been obsessed with doing things with my hands. I've always appreciated things that were handmade. Um, and, f- yeah, so immediately after school, I was doing, like, art installation. That was kind of before I got into tattooing. I was doing window installations for the art store on Hate Street Mendel's. I worked there for a long time, um, and I was a manager there for a little while. I worked there, like, throughout school. Um, I also did some candy stores downtown. Those were fun. When you say installation, you mean, like, sculpture type stuff? So, like, when you go, like, walking down the street and you see, like, window displays, I would do, like, the displays for storefront windows. so basically Mendel's was really cool because that was one where I got to like basically just make sculptures for every theme. So we would have like Burning Man theme or Halloween and all these cool themes that I could run with. And I had a whole art store at my disposal to make sculptures. So that was like a super fun job. Um, But then I started kind of feeling like it was really wasteful because I would make these window displays that would be up for a few months and then they would just be taken down and we'd have all this stuff that we didn't have anything like we didn't have anywhere to put it like maybe we could use it for a future installation um but I just was looking for something more tangible and something to hold on to and I'd always collected tattoos so I just knew that that was kind of what I wanted to get into I started getting tattooed when I was 17. Okay. And wait, is that what we call it? Collecting? Yeah. Fuck. Okay. Yeah. You're a collector. I'm a collector. You're a collector. I didn't even know it. Okay. You are. You are definitely qualified to be a collector. Right. Someone's like, your collection's goofy as fuck. Okay. (laughs) No, it's good. It's good. Um, So yeah, I started started when you were 17 or 16. I honestly think it might've been 16, but I was in um, my mom's boyfriend's kitchen getting a tattoo and- from whom? From my mom's boyfriend's tattoo artist. Okay. Who I th- I'm trying to remember what his name was. It was Lord Dunce. Yes. Yeah. And he always was like, I'm the fastest tattooer on the East Coast. And we were all like, okay. That's not necessarily not good. Not necessarily thing. good. And it wasn't, man. Like that tattoo is so blown out on my side. And I bruised for like three weeks on my ribs afterwards. So you feel like it should be, your first should be a shitty I think so. I think most are. Yeah. um, Just because you don't know. And was it with a an actual gun? It was with a machine. And like he was a he was a licensed artist, but he would do house calls to his friends. So it was sketchy and not sketchy at the same time. But definitely a funny first experience. I also had a junior prom the night before and had taken ecstasy for the first time. Yes. So. I was very dehydrated (laughs) the next day and I almost like I got lightheaded while he was giving me the tattoo and he was like just take a five hour energy shot and he gave me a five hour energy shot right in the middle of the tattoo and I was just like let's do this and we finished my god it was pretty crazy and then I crashed really hard like an hour later um, and just fell asleep but what did you like that first experience as as like kind of bizarre now as it might seem like yeah it's like weird because I think back on it and I'm like that was such a sketchy first experience (laughs) but it is a funny story and it you know I think I I like the memory just because my mom was there Um, she got her first tattoo there and I just remember it being a really funny day 
so yeah it was like a nice bonding experience for me my mom and her boyfriend as well so that was cool but and you were 17 i was 16 or 17 16. i can't remember that's okay what, yeah one or the other so what what is or was the tattoo uh it was actually a memorial tattoo my aunt and grandmother died in 9 11 oh, um wow. so yeah so that was like right when i was like 14 i was like i need a tattoo for this and i was begging my mom for like years and she was like okay well if you still want it in two years like maybe we'll try and find someone to do it for you and um so i did it so your yeah. first tattoo actually <laughs> meaningful it was and awesome. it meant something um it was really poorly executed That's so <laughs> they usually are so um but it definitely had meaning oh, and um, quick side note that's like you and i met over a memorial tattoo. Yeah. So we don't have to go into that. But anyway. No, it's cool. Kind of kind of interesting. It okay. is significant. Cool. Um, yeah. So that was your first taste. Then fast forward to now you're post, you're out of college and you're out doing of college. And you're yeah. Like, I'm a collector. So I'm you a had collector. A, I'm guessing you had a few more and it's about five or six years, four or five ish later, years later, you had a few more. Yeah. Then. So I, so when I moved to San Francisco, I didn't have a lot of tattoos. I had, I had a handful of tattoos, but not like I, I'm fully covered now. So um, pretty much through school, I was getting like gradually kind of filling up. And then once I graduated college and I was just working full time, um, I was just having all this extra income for the first time. And I was like, "Ooh, I'm going to get super tattooed. And that's definitely when I did a lot of my body. Um, yeah. But probably over it's been like a. 10 year span of getting tattooed I would say was that a so was that a conscious decision like maybe not maybe um influenced by the sudden you have money but like like because like, I like I could be like I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah. do it but I haven't yet yeah I think it was definitely something when I first started getting tattooed I didn't realize that I wanted to be fully covered and I got some tattoos that I would have not gotten had I realized what was available to me um, but I was a young kid and I didn't know. And I had a boyfriend on the East coast who had all these ta traditional tattoos. And I, that was like really my only knowledge of tattooing, um, was through that boyfriend. And so we would go and get little small tattoos together. Yeah. I mean, definitely after college, that's when I was like, I started getting tattooed here at this shop. Actually, oh. it wasn't known as Manus Lux then it was, um, blue dragon, and Nakona, actually, who owns this shop now, used to work here as it was Blue Dragon. And we became super close. We connected through ceramics. He was a ceramics artist. I had focused on ceramics in school. Um, and so we were, like, immediately buddies off the bat. And I just... It was something about finding the right tattooer who was like-minded. He was really on the same page as me that I was like, I could see myself doing this career and I want to be as heavily tattooed as this person. Like I loved how tattooed he was and I was just like, I want that look. And so then we started, you know, I started with a tattoo on my arm from him and then they just kept getting bigger and, you know, more expansive and more intricate and more kind of thoughtful and less meaning, but more kind of aesthetically pleasing and like how I wanted my body to look as like an, a piece of art. Do you want to name drop? Like were, were you going to any other shops or, or working with any yeah. other artists um, on, on, again, on your own collection? So when I was younger, I, I had just moved like when I was younger in San Francisco being like 21, you know, um, I didn't have a ton of knowledge and I didn't really know that there was such a rich tattoo history here. Um, 
and then I started researching and figuring things out and I actually got like my first tattoo at mom's on hate street um by this guy phil who does not work there anymore but I believe he used to own it and he was really awesome um and then I started getting tattooed by Tanya Nix who was the uh, she used to own Lyle Tuttle shop. Lyle Tuttle just passed away a few days ago or a week ago. A weekish, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so Tanya actually owned Lyle's shop for, I think, just about five or ten years. She had a short span of owning that, and that's where I met Tanya, and I actually met Nakona there. Mm-hmm. Um, where is that shop? It's in North Beach, right. kind of. It's like on Columbus, um, a little bit further past Washington Square Park. Um and it's a really cool shop the way it's set up. It's very traditional. I mean, it was Lyle's shop, so it's really awesome. But like traditional American. Yeah, American traditional. And they actually like you tattooed behind this like small little bar that was it was so small. Like if you think that this space is small, like it was half of this width. But well, this we're, in suburbs, yeah, yeah, we're in the suburbs. Yeah, we're in the suburbs. We got we got space. <laughs> um, Park a car. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, ooh, we have parking on the street. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that was like my first kind of, that's when I first started kind of getting more, I guess, loyal to my tattooer. Um, once I started getting tattooed by Nakona at Lyle Tuttle's shop, then I was like, oh my gosh, only this person. And then I was pretty loyal to Nakona for a long time. I got a lot of my body tattooed by him. So the idea to become a tattoo artist, was it like, was it your idea? Was it Nakona's or... Um, you know, Nakona definitely, I talked to Nakona a lot about it and, um, you know, he told me the, the hard truths about it and kind of, he didn't encourage me, but he also didn't discourage me. Uh, it was definitely something where I had, I decided on my own and was just trying to gain as much knowledge as I could from anybody that was willing to give it to me. It's really hard to get a tattoo apprenticeship and, you know, I really, at that time, in that moment, I really wanted to apprentice under Nakona. Um, and I kind of made some selfish decisions. I went and traveled Spain for a little bit, and, and I could have probably stayed here and asked him for an apprenticeship. And then when I came back, he was apprenticing someone else. And I was like, it was right after I graduated college, I was like, oh, I'm going to go travel Spain for a little bit, and then I'll come back and like start my real life um, and try to like really become a tattooer. Uh, and that was awesome. That was like the coolest, one of my cooler experiences. I traveled alone for two months in Spain. So that was awesome. Um, but yeah, I came back and he was actually apprenticing my coworker, my now coworker, Hayden. Uh, and I was like, damn, I missed my chance. And then I just started going everywhere, going to all these shops, showing them my sketchbooks. And it was like, nope, 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 bye, bye, bye. And I was told that's how it was going to be and that I would hear no and that you just keep going back and bothering people. Um, and then I got this really silly job as a counter person at a shop called Club Tattoo on Fisherman's Wharf. And I doubt they'll listen to this, but who gives a shit if they do? <laughs> but they're kind of like the Walmart of tattooing, in my in my opinion and many other tattooers' opinions. <laughs> they're a chain, so... And they are mostly located out of like Arizona and Vegas and kind of more Harley Davidson, rugged kind of areas. Tourist tattoos. Tourist tattoos. Um, primarily white people, you know. Yeah, a lot of bad decisions. Yeah. 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 So, you know, I, it was like the worst area for a tattoo shop to be in the city. 
um because who the hell goes to pier 39 if you live in san francisco my first time going to pier 39 was when i interviewed at this tattoo shop and i had lived here for six years at that point um and so yeah i interviewed and i was interviewing for a counter person and i didn't know that they were like a walmart of tattooing when i was going there um and i was like i want to be a tattooer someday and they were like no apprenticeships ever out of club tattoo and i was like got it but i took the job anyways because i just wanted to get some some kind of tattoo experience mm-hmm. and I worked their counter for like a year um which really it's like more of like a sales associate job because they sell clothes and jewelry too um so it was it was pretty awful but I met a lot of really awesome people there that actually helped me get into tattooing so I actually I met my boyfriend there um and I met a really great friend I met two people that actually I worked for later on down the road so it was a good place for me to get connections and then I got to quit and when I was quitting I was like I'm going to Rose Gold's tattoo and piercing on Haight Street and they're a way cooler shop and and they are it's a super awesome local did you actually say something like that to them I'll take this job um, and shove it uh, yeah I was like they were like oh well good luck with that and I had the owners were never really around they were always off in Vegas or whatever and it's funny because I had only met the female owner when the week when it was the week that I was quitting. And so she came in and she we're meeting for the first time. I had worked there for like a year at this point. And she's like, oh, blah, 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 like kissing my butt a little bit because she didn't want me to leave because I had really good jewelry sales. Um, and I was like, she's like, where are you going? And I told her where I was going and that, you know, I was hoping to eventually get an apprenticeship out of this and that it looked like it had that opportunity possibly. And she looked at me and she was like, it's really hard to be a tattooer, but yeah, we'll see how that goes. You're like a little late in the game, basically. And I'm like 22. I was just like, yeah, okay, bitch. Like you don't know anything. What of Like you don't even know how to price a tattoo and you own three tattoo shops. Like it was a good experience in the sense that I met a bunch of people that I was able to then gather actual experience right. from um so rose golds rose golds yeah. yeah super awesome shop in the hate um marie uh, mccarthy owns that business and she also owns fiat lux in the something like 16th emission it's like a jewelry store she's really cool she's um she's a jewelry maker she had a shop on hate that was just around the corner and she then opened rose golds um by herself which is rose golds masonic it's on Masonic, yeah. Masonic that and Hate. Like across yeah. from, um, whatchamacallit, Magnolia. Magnolia, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful shop. Um, really, really nice shop. So I felt really lucky to like start working there. Um, and what was that job? That was a counterperson job. So Another. I got there as a counterperson and I knew that I wanted to pursue an apprenticeship. I actually had asked for an apprenticeship from one of their tattooers, uh, Sadie Kennedy, who actually did apprentice me. Um, I had asked her for the apprenticeship before I got the counter position and she was like, no, uh, not interested. And I was like, okay. And then I was like, well, I'm just going to get a job here and bug the fuck out of you every day. And that's exactly what Make I it did. it easier for her to <laughs> yeah, say yes. Exactly. I'm like, we were already kind of friends and I knew it was like, I, I knew it was kind of weird to apprentice under a friend, which is in retrospect why it was so great that I did not apprentice under an Akona because um, now we just get to appreciate each other as friends and I still get to learn from him. But yeah, Sadie was a tattooer there and I just showed up at work for about a year on time, did all the things I was asked to do. And then 
I would like always drop hints like, oh, you know, if you need any extra help, like I could apprentice. It's a fond memory and it's also it's also a weird memory because I kind of was so desperate to get into tattooing that I did absolutely anything to do it. And I ended up paying Sadie for the apprenticeship, which is very not traditional. Yeah. It's kind of a weird memory for me to even really talk about because I don't want to talk poorly on her or the shop, but it was definitely, I got fucked a little bit. Like I, w- I was working I, during my apprenticeship. I ended up working for free as well as paying for the apprenticeship. Oh, wow. So that's double kind of what, the typical thing is typically you just work for free right. um but they basically wanted me to pay the shop with free labor and pay sadie for the knowledge all of that stuff like as much as there was weirdness with all of that it's all things where that was just what i had to do to get into tattooing and that's how i'm taking it those are just the means yeah to the and end if it was money that they wanted take my fucking money. I don't give a shit about the money. I wanted the, I wanted the knowledge and I was, yeah, I was willing to do whatever for it. Um, and you know, it, it was funny cause I did all of that and then I apprenticed for about a year and then that was when like the relationship got a little weird and maybe I didn't work as hard as Sadie wanted me to work. Maybe Sadie didn't want me to work at the shop and in the end but I didn't end up getting hired after my apprenticeship um which Marie the owner has since really apologized for and she really regrets it which I know she does and she's tried to hire me back but at this point I only I only move forward there's only a forward trajectory for me so um I passed but it did feel really good I was gonna say it felt so good like six months after getting let go to like get a text from the shop and them being like we want you back like all of them you know i'm guessing you proved it with not only your labor but your art yeah it was um it was weird because you know my tattoos weren't where they should have i mean i don't know it's you know when my apprenticeship was over i didn't really feel like i was ready but who feels ready um when it's over so i kind of got pushed out and i think that at that moment it felt terrible it felt like the end of the world and a month from then it was the best decision that i could that could have come out like it was the best outcome because right when I, I moved on to brain drops basically I got hired at brain drops by Trevor Thomas who I had met through working at club tattoo um Brian Blanco was a tattooer there who also worked at club tattoo and he was the buddy who was like you should hire this girl she'll be she'll be great he like really went to bat for me um so I'm eternally grateful to Brian and that dude was when I feel like I really started to learn how to tattoo um that guy's technical skill is insane his line work is like perfection um he's such a great tattooer and he's such a humble dude that nobody knows about him he's like so anti-social media so anti-hype that he won't put himself out there so brian blanco you're an amazing tattooer i hope you get a bunch of clients from this and sorry but you're (laughs) on the internet yeah now you're on the internet sorry dude but you said um so, so now you're actually now you're doing it so yeah basically i was like so this is a funny thing too. Sadie told me that I was going to have to reapprentice somewhere else and that I would never get hired as a tattooer. And I was like, okay, my tattoos aren't great, but they're not what that is. Like, I don't have to start over. I know that I have learning left to do. There's always learning left to do. Um, and so, yeah, I, I was like, okay, thank you for two years of my life and all the money that I gave you. Um, 
fuck off. I'm going to go work somewhere else. And that's what I did. And it was only a block and a half down the street. So they got to watch me just bloom, which was really cool, too. So a nice kind of pun there because a lot of your tattoos are flowers. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Dropping puns. Okay. So, so yeah, I literally flowered there. (laughs) So and and how long did you work there? I worked for Braindrops for almost two years I want to say um Braindrops is a really it's a a shop with a was a shop with a lot of history it actually just closed last month um because they moved to a new location on Haight Street um and I actually helped them with the move and then some things were different about how he wanted to pay us and I decided to move on um and just to be honest I was ready to get off of Haight Street Haight Street had been my life for like eight years so I was like get me the hell away from Haight Street and I knew Nakona was here, so I was like, you know what? I'm going to go. This this felt like the right time. I was finally, I had enough clientele to leave hate and not have to rely on the walk-ins that I was getting. Um, and so I finally was like, I was booked out like a solid month ahead of my schedule. So I was like, okay, that's comfortable enough where I can go possibly work at in a slower neighborhood, but be way happier. Mm-hmm. Um, had, had Nakona taken over yet or he had taken over. Yeah. So, so he was- had basically owned this shop for like a year at okay. that point. Um, yeah. So I just called him up one day and I was like, Hey man, you want to go for a walk? I got to talk to you. And I just told him everything. I'm pretty straightforward. I'm a straight shooter. I told him that I wasn't totally happy with how things were going at the new location of brain drops and, the pay like Trevor was basically trying to make us get paid by check when we're tattooers and you know we're private contractors so we pay the shop and he, it, he was he had hired new tattooers and he wasn't comfortable with everyone paying him because he didn't feel like he could trust them um which in my opinion if you don't trust them they probably should not work for you <laughs> so and that is a sad story in and of itself because you know I'd left in about five months down the road they closed their doors so it is a little bit like you know it's it's with a heavy heart that I'm like yeah that shop closed down and it had a ton of history in San Francisco um I wish Trevor would have taken some advice from some friends we wouldn't we would have all loved to help kind of guide uh but it's hard when you expand a business especially on hate street when it's you're going from this little rent to way bigger rent like the rent was just way too crazy for that shop um but yeah so I came and I just laid it all out there to Nakona I was honest and he was just like let's give it a go let's give it a try and so I was on a one month trial here and it was kind of silly because it's like it when I first started here it never really felt like I was new because I had always been friends with the shop and been here so often getting tattooed but it was just kind of this like silly like dance we were doing, you know, for the first month of like doing the things because we're supposed to do the things. It's like when in Little League when the coach's kid has the tryout and you're like, he's yeah, going to make the fucking Yeah, exactly, team. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it was cool. Like we had a final judgment for me at the end of the month and all the tattooers were like yay or nay and I got all yays unanimous unanimous so that was cool and then yeah it's been lovely here um but how long ago that was six months ago so yeah six months ago only um it doesn't feel like six months it feels like I've been here forever just because I have kind of been here forever um 
but yeah, it's really great. I mean, this shop is like so much more kind of on par with the kind of experience that I want to give to a client. Um, everything we're trying to make in here is handmade. Like all the shelves we're making, we're putting up the jars that hold all of our supplies have either been made by Nakona or our friend Andy who works at Palette in San Francisco. Um, so yeah, we were like, we have clients, like one of our clients, Jamaica makes our shelves and the sinks for us. Um, Hayden's friend had, I forget their Giffen is one of them, but there's another lovely dude who's helped us with some of our furniture. I made a bench in the front. Um, I made the curtains for the shop. Uh, so we, you know, everything's made here. There's no like Ikea furniture in here, which is not to be a hater, but that's in a lot of places. Like when you, like not every shop that you're going into or any business really is going to have these like really well-made things. And that's kind of what we're all about here. Um, besides having a ton of plants, obviously. And Well, and it's also different because I, I, it's not a, if there is a generic or traditional tattoo shop, it's like there's walls are covered in flash yeah and it's, and it's kind of like everything is vomiting tattoos not that it's a bad thing it's like, not a bad plenty thing of shops i like like that but this place is not like some that of my all. favorite shops are like that so it's just not the it's just like i would feel so silly giving that experience to someone when i do these tattoos that are like super flowery and flowy and kind of hippy dippy you know and um not like super bold traditional but i love those tattoos because i have them you know and i i still enjoy doing those tattoos as well um but for the most part you know i'm doing flowers and it just kind of like the whole experience you set for someone just it continues throughout the entire experience and relationship that you have with your client that was tattoo artist stephanie smith Join us Thursday when Stephanie will reflect on being a woman tattoo artist. Music for the podcast is by Otis McDonald. Film photography is by Michelle Kilfeather. Please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to stay up to date on everything we do. Find the more than 70 episodes on our website, storiedsf.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If that happens to be Apple Podcasts and you have a minute to spare, please rate and review the show for us. Send comments or suggestions to storiedsf at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.